Hello and welcome back to First Focus, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, where we seek to update our church congregation with ongoings in the church. I'm your host, Troy Cash, and today I have with me the Senior Pastoral Care Minister, David Lawton. Reverend Lawton, how are you? Doing very well, Troy. Great to be with you and all who are enjoying this podcast. Yes, I'm glad to have you as well. And I also have with me today, Reverend Brian Bolt. Brian, how are you? Doing great, Troy. Great to be with you today. I think I can say at least in my time hosting the podcast, you're the first inaugural uh, visitor to be featured twice in a row. Oh, wow. Two two consecutive weeks. I'm honored. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to be talking today about how the church together has experienced the past year of, of course, the coronavirus, the pandemic. Uh, We are coming up on a year of of really the outbreak in the United States. So we wanted to reflect on the past year in the church, how we as a body have adapted, most importantly, how we've seen God's faithfulness through this past year, uh, as we'll talk about. You know, initially, we would we would certainly classify shutting down the church, if I'm correct in saying it was in March when we made that decision, as a, as a crisis event. Can you guys speak to how we as a church, as a session, and as a congregation, how we moved from crisis into a little bit more normative activity, also how you all saw the, the body care for one another in that? Yeah, Troy, that's a great question. I, I remember this playing out in real time because mm-hmm. we, we happened to have a senior event planned for March the 13th of last year. It was Senior Connect Day, which is a presbytery event, but was hosted by First Pres. And I believe that meetings were going on to consider what to do, what steps to take, and what precautions to implement uh, while that event was going on. And so we had this uh, trepidation as we were going about Senior Connect Day that, that at any moment it was going <laughs> mm-hmm. to be shut down. Yeah. And uh, things really escalated in terms of uh, assessing the, the danger of the situation and, and that, that drastic steps were going to need to be taken. Uh, thankfully, we were able to still squeeze that event in, but I think things moved very quickly after that in terms of um, shutting down public gatherings, uh, still continuing worship services live stream, but but otherwise not gathering at all. And uh, we quickly had to shift gears in terms of uh, what we do as pastoral care. David and I, on, on normal situations, circumstances, would be making lots of visits to hospitals and homes and retirement centers and otherwise, and, and had to rethink all of that very quickly. We had to shift uh, to making tons of phone calls and writing letters and sending emails and we saw the the zoom phenomenon uh Mm. just um come into fruition very very quickly out of sheer necessity how do we continue to to meet as groups uh during this time when we need to be apart Uh, i remember us recruiting especially uh interns to help with phone calls because the list of seniors and people needing care was very very long and we needed to to make regular calls and so uh, you guys were, were very helpful and instrumental in helping us to, to care for the flock uh, by way of phone calls uh, during that time. I remember writing a lot of emails, a lot of 
cards and uh, thinking through how to make personal touches in people's lives. Mm. The trick being, of course, that the ones who most needed help and care during that time were the very ones that we had to be most careful uh, around. They were the most vulnerable members of the congregation. So uh, I know the term unprecedented has been probably overused, but it certainly was that, an unprecedented time of ministry in which the needs were more than ever, but the normal ways that we would meet those needs uh, were not available. So it was it was a difficult time, but the Lord was very faithful and helpful. And it's been a it's been a joy and a beauty to watch First Prayer's congregation care for itself mm. very, very well. I remember hearing from so many seniors the fact that they had a support network made up of people in the church who regularly cared for them and and uh, whether that was their family or members of their peer group or, or others, uh, it, was, it was beautiful to watch the body of Christ bear one another's burdens during that time. Mm-hmm. One of the things that stands out to me is what you underscored earlier about the Lord's faithfulness. Uh, Brian's outlined some of our attempts and efforts, but what stands out to me is the sure mercy and grace of God during this last year, approximately this last year, in terms of elders and deacons and members stepping up to help one another, deacons doing extra duty that as we began to gather back in worship, elders coming to the front and for and helping and assisting, and our dear staff, uh, lovingly supporting and caring for our church family. It really is a a picture to me of the body of the Lord Jesus. And I, th- I think in other times of what might be considered crisis hmm. in the history of the church, even in our own congregation when we had flooding five, a little over five years ago, uh, it's just a testimony of the Lord, how he is at work in and through his people. And our, our trust is not in technology, but how wonderful it is that uh, we're able to do even communication through podcast and have the service live streamed and gather in prayer through Wednesday night prayer connect with one another in a meaningful way through uh, a Zoom channel. Mm. Uh, And so to me, this last year, though, there are been some challenging moments, some new opportunities to try ministry in a new way uh, underscores the Lord's grand faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And it is a great encouragement to me as I think of what the Lord might be doing now as people are beginning more and more to come back and anticipate being part of the body of Christ uh, at the phase of the pandemic that we are in now and as a church staff and pastors preparing for uh, the return of people together in public worship. In a time where we couldn't reasonably expect not to have much new interest or those pursuing new uh, membership in the church, we've got a large inquirers class, um, one, of, one of the largest in recent times. And which for those who might not be familiar with the inquirers class, it's those that are inquiring about the church and possibly seeking membership. And if I'm correct, it's it's close to 50. Is that right? It's it's really remarkable. It is about 50. And 
it's hard humanly to explain other than perhaps a hunger for the word. Mm. I think the number of people watching online has also increased. I think as some congregations have not been open yet for worship services, or maybe gradually so, in God's providence, uh, there's been a hunger for the Word, and we're so uh, thankful and want to be good stewards of that. But we rejoice in a number of good things happening, including a number of people in the Inquirer's class. Uh, Brian, isn't that something that you see in terms of some of your areas of ministry? Absolutely. I see um, an increase in, in participation uh, that's frankly was surprising mm. uh, over and over again. Uh, I would not expect the number of folks to be attending, especially some of the uh, recent CIA events, um, Couples in Action. Our first event was way better attended than I ever expected, and that was an encouragement because it was fairly early on during our time in the pandemic. So the Lord continues to work in spite of the challenges and difficulties, and, and to God be the glory for that. It's exciting to see uh, the sparkle, perhaps, Sure. In people's eyes yeah. as they return, whether it's to an event with CIA, Couples in Action, or Encouragers, or to a worship service or other aspects of our ministry as a church family, the depth of renewed appreciation for the gift of the body of Christ and how important it is that we do gather together, that we encourage one another that we're involved in each other's lives. Mm. Uh, it's exciting to see people come back and so are engaged and thrilled with the, the joy of fellowship together and certainly praying that the Lord will use it to deepen our relationships one with another and our fellowship and might use it to kind of rekindle our hearts to Him and mm. renewal mm. and we trust in His mercy and a revival and a, a new sense of... A, a deep in love for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've even personally seen amongst some of the groups, the Inquirer's class, even before I joined in the Inquirer's class, the Young Pros class that I was attending on Sunday mornings, as we started to come back more regularly, a rekindled sense of desire for the Word, a hunger for the Word, and, and, and also at the same time for community in and around the Word of God. And I think that touches on a common theme that Dr. Thomas has, has mentioned as in coming back in one piece. What would be your input as far as in your area of ministry and in care for the body, how the hunger for the Word, the desire for the community has transcended maybe differences amongst the body and are signs of God's faithfulness and bringing us back in one piece together? I certainly hope that's the case, Troy, uh, and that is my prayer. And Dr. Thomas has used um, another phrase uh, a few times over the last year or so that we didn't know how good we had it, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of Christian fellowship. What a beauty, what a joy that is uh, to enjoy fellowship amongst the body and assembling as, around the Word, as you said so well. There does seem to be a renewed sense of that, a deeper appreciation for it, the, the, the spark in people's eyes that David mentioned. Uh, as they come back for the first time and realize, um, wow, what a what an unbelievable blessing this this really is to be able to do, and uh, we didn't perhaps realize that as as much as we should. So um, that's one of many sort of silver linings of this time. You know, in terms of coming back in one piece, 
it's hard to know what it's going to look like, but I think we'll be a wiser, deeper, uh, more more loving, more unified congregation on the other end, whenever that is, mm. uh, for having gone through this time and hopefully closer and more unified, more respectful of different viewpoints and and have a richness of fellowship, I pray, that we didn't have before. Mm. The Bible seems to speak of how that God does not waste pandemics, whether it's a, a famine or there's some references to some seasons of illness, mm. physical calamity, a wide spectrum of the category of pandemic. Yeah. And yet we find the prophets speaking to the Lord's people at this time, at these various times, with respect to the Lord's good purposes for them through it. And I think as we come back, uh, I, I'm praying and, and, and believe in the Lord's grace that we'll come back spiritually stronger. I think through the pandemic, uh, so many of us are realizing what is important, what are to be our priorities. And I think there's a, a growing spiritual uh, resurgence mm-hmm. in terms of the priority of the Lord, that some of the things that we may have valued are really not that important in life. Mm-hmm. And his his word and the fellowship and the the privilege and joy of worship, and his people. So I'm praying that as we come back, that we'll come back uh, stronger in the Lord Jesus and stronger as his people together as the body of Christ. Yeah. And if I may use the language of the Westminster Confession as it pertains to the the church, they they speak about the visible church, how it may at times be more or less present, more or less visible. And maybe this season may have been a season where it was less visible. But I think the type of unity that you both are speaking about, that we see in and around God's Word, but also in and around His people as they're seeking their nourishment from His Word and and from Christ, I think... Uh, I'm eager to see it become more visible. So with that, one last question. Generally, with prudence and wisdom, we can always say that, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. No pun intended there. But we can also always say that, uh, you know, seasons that we've been through in the past, whether good or bad, we can learn from and take them and use as tools in a tool belt for the future. And what might you think that would be an important takeaway for God's people from this season to go on serving one another in grace that we may have learned from this past year. One of the um, beautiful ministries that has come to fruition during this time has been the deacon meal delivery ministry. And I'm not sure that would have arisen, at least not in quite the same form, Mm. had it not been for the pandemic and quarantine and the overwhelming need to make contact with with seniors mm. it meets the uh the the tangible need of bringing a meal to them but uh sort of the invisible need that it also meets is that need for just fellowship mm. seeing someone's face and someone who represents the church represents the body of Christ someone who's showing a particular interest in them and i, I think that's uh i've probably heard more 
good feedback, appreciative feedback about that ministry than, than almost anything else mm-hmm. over the past year and a half. And so it's been, a, it's been a great way to deepen bonds, I think, between seniors and, and deacons and, and elders and others who are participating in that. I think it's given another layer to the fabric of the body, another thread in the fabric, so to speak, and, and it's, it's strengthened us as a congregation. Again, don't think it would have happened without yeah. uh, the challenges that we were mm. were thrown our way last year. It's another example of the Lord uh, being mightily at work in ways that we don't even anticipate or or imagine, as David alluded to earlier. We're thankful that He is He is at work. Mm. And a term you used earlier was touch points. I think mm. uh, that that's a really good summary of what we've seen. As well, touch points, meaning short, meaningful contacts. Yeah. We underestimate the value of yeah. those, those short, meaningful touch points. Absolutely. There came a point where we fo- stopped focusing on what we couldn't do and focused mm. on what we could do. And those short touch points were, were what we could do and continue to try to do. In addition to the meals, which have been wonderful on Tuesday evenings, I think another touch point has been the Wednesday night prayer connect we have more people gathering in our church family, praying uh, for one another, giving praise to the Lord, praying for the advance of the gospel during the pandemic than we've mm. had in the past. Mm. And it's even going forward now as these prayer groups continue, even while we've returned to Wednesday night center point. So I think going forward, it's very possible for a while at least. Sure. There'll be both an in-person as well as online mm-hmm. options. I don't think we would have conceived or imagined of doing something like that on our own, but it seems something that the Lord's ordered. It seems great in his sight and I think a blessing and encouragement to his people. Mm. Well, I, I normally round out these episodes with asking how might the congregation be in prayer for your area of ministry? But I think it might be due to ask, what do you think would be a good way for the congregation to pray for other fellow members of the congregation as we continue uh, to rejoice in the Lord's faithfulness in bringing us back together, but also as we come back in wisdom as as each sees fit? So what might be a a way that you think that you've seen at least that members can be in prayer for one another? Well, when a lot of the channels of normal life and and ministry and fellowship are are cut off, I think we have a a special opportunity to seek the Lord and find our all in all in the Lord rather than in in false Mm -hmm. um, sources of security or affirmation or identity. I think that as a congregation that we would seek, that each individual member would seek the Lord uh, perhaps more more diligently, more zealously mm. than ever before at a time in which our need of Him, which is always there, is particularly amplified. I'm reminded that um, if I read history correctly, uh, revivals seldom happen in a vacuum. You know? yeah. Usually yeah. it's they grow out of some difficulty, some challenge, some mm. obstacle, some pandemic, some some just hard challenge that God's people are presented with, and they realize that they're 
state is desperate, which it always is, but they're particularly mindful of that desperation and and they pray with renewed vigor mm. for the Lord to move and to come down and to, to revive his people. And I pray that that would be our congregational prayer and individual prayer in the days to come, personal revival and congregation-wide revival. Mm. Uh, Troy, my thoughts really dovetail with what Brian is saying here. And it's very similar along the lines of it's so easy for my own soul or own heart to grow cold mm. or hard. And I think as we pray for one another in our church family, I think we can pray that our hearts would be soft to the Lord and to his word and warm for one another and for others. I'm thinking of uh, the letter to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation that talks about really what Brian has outlined in terms of our own love for Christ our own love for the Lord, that that love might uh, grow. Is it okay to read a verse here? Just uh, talks about their abandoning their first love and the importance of guarding that primacy of our love for the Lord Mm. and cherishing Him, that He might be our heart treasure. And there's a, a way back to the Lord. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. And it's a marvelous picture of how the Lord restores, renews. It may be a continual progress of, of our, our hearts growing uh, a bit cold, mm. being rewarmed, going cold again, and needing the Lord's grace and yeah. strength. But uh, what a picture of the Lord's mercy. And that's, I think, a way we can pray for one another. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call to action, a good call to prayer. Well, gentlemen, I am grateful to have you both here by His grace, we will continue forward. But I'm very grateful that you chose to come here and share some time with us and share some time with those listening. Thanks for having us. It's been a joy. Thanks, Troy. A lot of fun. Uh, it's exciting uh, to reflect on the Lord's faithfulness mm. Amen. and anticipate His working in the future. And thank you to the listener. And of course, our hope is that you will continue to be built up as the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thanks for joining us here on First Focus. If you'd like to stay connected with our show and be made aware of new episodes as they're released, download our app, FPC Cola, on the App Store or Google Play. We hope that you'll join us again next time. I'm Troy Cash, and until then... God bless.